Welcome to another episode of Hair Biz Radio with your host, Zakira and Mikey. <laughs> and we are back for another episode of Hair Biz Radio. And today we have a very, very special guest on with us. His name is James Bronner, and he is the show director and part owner of Bronner Brothers International Beauty Shows. And this is a special treat for us because we've been in the hair industry for a while now. And to have one of the greats join us today and just share with us um, is a total blessing. So I'm excited to dive in, get to know the backstory, talk about some of the shows approaching and just life in the beauty industry. Let's get it straight, Sakira. Oh, my bad. <laughs> icon. Okay. <laughs> Bronner Brothers is icon. This is our industry. You know, yes. in a previous episode, we had Erica, mm-hmm. who's like the show manager, I guess, would be the correct term, uh, who's amazing. We're yes, working very is. close with. But now we've had to kind of keep going up the ladder. <laughs> okay. We're, we're all the way at the top here, ladies and gentlemen. The tippy top. So if you were, if you're in the hair industry and you've been under a rock for the last 76 years, um, I, I don't know what to tell you, but today <laughs> is the day I'm excited to hear the backstory, the, some extra stories that maybe people don't know about mm-hmm. and everything else. So, uh, yeah, let's just get into it. Let's jump into it. So Brown and Brothers has been around for 76 years. Wow. But before Bronner Brothers started, there was, you were in the business industry before you actually got into Bronner Brothers, correct? Um, yes. So, well, first of all, I want to say thank you for having me on the show. Of course. It's, it's my pleasure to be here and you all are doing great work for the industry. So, yes, yeah, so Bronner Brothers has, has been around for 76 years. Uh, I'm the the youngest of the second generation. So uh, it started with my father and his brother back in 1947. They were the original Brunner brothers. My father had six sons, and I'm the, the youngest. And the six sons have produced 30 in the third generation. Woo! So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot of kids. <laughs> so, so my father, his, his sister had a beauty salon, and my father started off uh, selling newspapers. And he, he one day on his, his newspaper route, he, he took our hair products with him from his sister's salon. And he found out over the weeks that those hair products were selling better uh, than the newspapers. So he <laughs> had an epiphany. Say, I need to switch industries here. That's how it happens. So, so he, he went with the hair products, and then he actually uh, did go to beauty school. He was the only male in his class. So he wasn't really interested in doing hair, but he said, I need to understand my customer. Mm-hmm. So he was servicing them. And, and from there, he began to build relationships, and he saw uh, problems at one area of town were similar to problems on another area, but they were disconnected. So he, he saw a lot of the things that they needed were in common. So he, he thought, let me uh, hold this little gathering, get them together, teach them, inspire them, and let them have forums. And he rented the local YMCA, and they got together about 300 people, and they had such a fruitful time and people just felt relieved to know somebody else is going through what I'm going through to learn, to really fill those gaps they had not gotten. Um, they might have been out of beauty school for 20 years. It was such an enriching experience. They kept it going and now we've been going for 76 years. So it's gone from 300 to over 30,000 now. So wait, That's the amazing. first show you had 300 people show up. 300 feet. I mean, yeah. think about that. This is in the 40s. There's no social media. There's right. no Facebook marketing. There's no email no, list. No. And to get 300 people for a first event, mm-hmm. I mean, that is yeah. 
that itself is very impressive. Definitely. So one of the ways he um, did that, so he got his training. Actually, he was in the Army. So he was in the Army, and he didn't want to go put his life on the line on the front line. So, <laughs> so he looked at his skills, and he was good at, at people and relationships. So they actually made him the person responsible for gathering people for the, the, the parties and the events uh, to, to relieve. So he used that experience over to, to do the show. So he put up posters for that, and he put up posters for the show. He handed out flyers. He did the same thing. So everywhere he went, he, he carried these flyers under his arm. He had decals all over his car. So I remember being young. I mean, six years old, he would have us on a Saturday morning early, we would go down to the Marta station and just handing out flyers to people. So he knew that if they were going to know about it, somebody had to tell them. So you didn't have social media and all these things. Mm-hmm. So it was, I mean, really all day crazy. Saturday, we, <laughs> yep. were, we were hanging out of car windows, filling mailboxes and doing all of these things. And before it was illegal, we were putting flyers on cars and, and shopping centers and grocery stores. So it was really uh, street level. Oh, yeah. So you were in the business since you were a child. Yes, I I have no memory of not being in it. (laughs) (laughs) So my next question was, I was going to ask you, sometimes when people have family businesses, um, the second generation has to either buy into the idea or they're not necessarily engaged or interested in being in the family business. So was that something that was just automatic for you? You had a passion for it? Or did you have to buy into the idea of what this family business could grow into? So that's a great question. So I would, I would say we were, first of all, bred in the business, but we were not necessarily made to, to work in it uh, after school. So we were only required to get the training. So our first experience with the business was actually a paper route. So we all had to get paper routes. So I started at five years old before I knew how to ride a bicycle. Wow. So I had to uh, walk. <laughs> and I can't even imagine uh, nowadays just sending my five-year-olds out. <laughs> you know, walk, walk I mean, my parents the- weren't with me. I was like, what were my parents thinking? So was, <laughs> I mean, I was out there with dogs, with sticks. I mean, it, it, I was, but you, it's, it's a matter of what you're used to. I didn't know any better, so yeah. I just right. did it. Like his book, Fearless Beauty. I, I was fearless because I, I didn't know what to be afraid of. So right. I, didn't, right. I didn't know kidnappers were out there and things like that. So, so that was my first experience. It taught me how to sell and market a product. Had to go collect money, um, knock on the door and ask for the payment. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it was how we learned. Uh, we had to get customers. And while other kids were going to school, you know, we had to get up and throw papers. So... Mm-hmm. So he, he brought us up the hard way. And then at, at, at the beauty shows, we also had to sell souvenir books. So that was another sales experience that uh, even though I'm an introvert, once you had to talk to thousands of people out here saying, do you want to buy this souvenir book and telling them what's in it? You kind of just get over it. Yeah. So, so that was our first experience that we all had to do. And then he, he never wanted us to feel entitled. So we worked in the business from the, the bottom up. And Love I think that. that's probably yeah. one of the differences of why we're still around today. So started off sweeping floors and putting the, the BB stickers on the tops and then filling <laughs> bottles. I worked in shipping one summer, uh, shipping out the products, worked in the lab another summer, accounting another summer, worked with the sales team another summer. So we, we really have been all over the business. Oh, yeah. So it... And, and then uh, once we went to school and came out, we all naturally had an area of interest, an area of talent, a gifting. So we basically became managers of that area in the business. And that kept us 
from feuding. It kept us from conflicting. So one brother is over sales, one is over manufacturing, you know, one is over the computer department. So that kept, that gave everybody their domain and it allowed their strength to shine in that area. And for the third generation, so we are uh, training them in the same manner because um, we've just seen the formula work. And, right. and, and actually it's, we, we call it the third generation, but Technically, they're the fifth generation of unbroken entrepreneurship. Mm. So even my father's father back uh, in the country, they had businesses <laughs> and, and his father had this. So they're the fifth unbroken generations. And I just believe that if it's worked for five generations, I don't want to change it. So uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not that smart to figure out. <laughs> I'm not going to change it. So and I will say um, with entrepreneurs who are working with their children and, and wants to have that momentum of generational business, the, the, the biggest mistake that I see them make, um, because business is a struggle, mm -hmm. and I, I see them uh, come up and go through all this hard work, all of the sacrifice, and they say, I don't want my kids to struggle like me. And I see them entitle them and spoil them to say, I don't want them to go through the struggle, but they don't understand it's the struggle that builds that muscle. So my mm -hmm. father understood that. We, we never got an allowance. Uh, when I would go to school and they knew I was Bronner, they was thinking I was uh, getting to school in a limousine. They didn't know I walked <laughs> to school. I walked to elementary and middle school. So <laughs> they didn't know I had thrown papers that morning. So, so it was, that's how he built us. And, and, and so... It's like if you are uh, a bodybuilder and you buy a gym and have a franchise, you can't just give your child a gym to give him the muscles. I mean, you can give him a trainer, mm -hmm. and he's got to do the work to build the muscles. Yep. So that's the, that's the primary mistake I see entrepreneurs make with their children is they give them all of these things. I'm going to give you the clothes I didn't have that I wanted. They, 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 they live out their desires mm -hmm. in their children, their children yeah. instead of building the process that built them. So, so my father understood that he built, and that's what we're doing uh, with our kids. So they've been at uh, the beauty shows from when they were five-year-olds. They will be out there with the little magazine <laughs> selling it, yeah. uh, and, and, and they're now working in different areas of the company, different areas of the show. So uh, my son is with me today, so he manages the main stage uh, at the show. Uh, another daughter was over social media capturing all the events. So, so they, they, they're working, and that's, that's the even though they're in school, some of them for business, it's not really, it, it's more for credentials. It, it, my father, he basically told us, you know, go get this for credentials, but come back, ball it up, throw it in the trash, roll up your sleeves, let's get to work. So he, he understood that, you know, it's not going to be real-time relevant on, on how to run business. So, so that's, that's kind of what built us. And um, it's, so the third generation, it is a, it is a change. So one of the things uh, for those that have children that they may want to carry on their business, uh, one of the books uh, that we recommend that we use in the family is called Perpetuating the Family Business. And it's written by a uh, professor at Kennesaw State here who has a, a family business institute there at the school. So and they've studied hundreds of businesses mm -hmm. and perhaps thousands. So they have a blueprints on how best to do that. And, and the reason we needed it because even though we have this experience, uh, each generation is different. So when you're That's founding right. a business yourself, you're making the decisions and you, you just have an idea and you go implement it, you know, after you plan. The second generation, you're dealing with siblings. So, you know, you've got, 
you still have the same core values, but you, you, you got different minds and different <laughs> things there that you can have squabbles. The yep. third generation, you're dealing with cousins. Now they've grown up in different homes, mm -hmm. sometimes mm -hmm. different values, uh, different environments. So those things require different dynamics in order to make them successful. So we don't want to just do it and make the mistakes and learn. We want to learn from those that have already had multiple generations of them. And that mm -hmm. book goes through those different generations and how best to do it. I love that. We'll have to add that to the show notes so yeah, we people will. can get that book. Yeah. It's actually funny because when he was talking, I don't think I've ever told you this. So we talk a lot about our entrepreneurship journey mm -hmm. and things we've done over time. And, and I've been interviewed about this so many times, but when you were speaking, it just threw me back. I never even told you. And I didn't even, I mean, I just totally forgot. I used to do a paper route myself wow. when I was like, I mean, I was young. Wow. I mean, probably like 12. I think we had to put it under like my sister or somebody. And then I was going to run the show because I was too young to actually get it. But, you know, we when we were kids, we were doing anything to make a dollar. Yeah. I can't so, say that I've ever done a paper route. I did. A, well, yeah, it's a little <laughs> different. That, you know, you have that in the book because I read about some other things you did. I, I don't did remember. a lot of stuff, but I didn't. Yeah, and this is what I'm saying. When you said paper route <laughs> right. and, I, and I envisioned you doing the papers i used yeah. to have get on my little bmx bike and i'd have the bag <laughs> and i'd go out and through it was like the bethesda gazette was the paper now that i'm thinking and i used okay. to throw it out and then when it would snow my mom would have to drive because you just can't really do it in the yeah. snow we would drive she'd go up and down the block you know and i would throw it out the window you they yeah, give you the paper yeah. did they give you the papers and then the sleeves and then you had to put them in the sleeves yes yeah so something like that <laughs> this is it's just unbelievable that <laughs> yes. he talked i know it's just really random but <laughs> like we have that paper boy connection that's oh, right that's right Look, we were pushing paper at a young age z yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my <Mikey. laughs> Oh my gosh. No, that's I mean the journey and I think that and when you're talking about the 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 growth over the generations and let's think about from even just when we were kids there was no social media. Right, so right. you're going through like changes in how people think in different backgrounds but then also the world is a completely different oh, place yeah. every Definitely. 20 30 years it's, mm -hmm. you know it goes through this whole shift so to keep that going for that amount of time is <laughs> i don't know how you guys did it <laughs> <laughs> systems yeah systems, systems definitely. yeah for sure let's get into um the actual browner brother hair shows All right. so those started when those first started and i love the the um evolution of how the first show you say you guys had 300 people now when i walk into a browner brothers hair show there's a lot of people yeah. in there, a lot. And I remember the very first hair show I went to, I was probably 13 years old, and I remember going in there, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like, they had all these different people walking around with fantasy hair and booths, and it, I was literally in love. And then as the years went on, they just got better and better. The types of people started switching. The types of classes that were, off, that were offered, they started enhancing. And there were so many different things that had been added. And so as we talk about the evolution of Brown and Brothers Hair Show, how did you guys change with the market? How did, how did that happen? So I would say, first of all, you have to uh, just keep your ear to the ground and talk, talk to your actual constituents. Uh, so I've been over the show about six years now. Okay. So I was before that I was because uh, I majored in uh, computer engineering in school. So I was the IT person at the company and 
my brother uh, Daryl, he was over the show for, for most of the time, and he passed. So there was a gap there, and they asked me to step in because I was already doing the technology stuff with this show. So I did have to, not only shifting the show, but I had to shift my own mindset and skill set. I mean, I wasn't really groomed for that. So I was, that's a big difference from technology. Over for there. sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so I would say that I, I, I use uh, the skill set that I had. So with engineering, you, you learn how to analyze problems and collect data and mm-hmm. figure out. So, so the first thing that I did, I didn't assume that I knew what people wanted and assume I knew how to do the right thing. So I collected thousands of feedback forms from the people coming out of the shows. I was like, what do you want to see? So I, I listened to them and, and got their heart of what they wanted. And they told me they wanted it to be more professional. They didn't like some of the booze mm-hmm. and stuff. And they said that I feel like uh, some of the people doing hair at home were learning their skills and they felt threatened. They didn't like that. So, so the very first things I did was fix those. So I got rid of the booze that were non-professional, non-related to the industry and went out and recruited and brought in uh, boo, beauty booze to, to fill the floor. And the second thing is uh, we began checking licenses. So I developed a system to be able to check those and to differentiate professional and student versus non-professional. And then we differentiated the system with the band so a vendor could look at them and tell, uh, are you licensed or not? And then the classes, we restricted uh, the classes where you learn actual techniques to just those professionals and students. And that's really so that great. came from that feedback of the people. And then uh, I heard, uh, I was having two shows a year for so long, they, they start asking what differentiates one show from the next. So I began to think about that, and one of the things that I added that differentiated was cities. So I said, hey, let me go find exciting destinations, because a city is part of the experience of coming to an event. So there's a difference in New Orleans uh, versus Atlanta or Miami versus Atlanta. That's why you go on vacation. You want a change of scenery. So now one of the big things that differentiates the shows is the location. So in and of itself, so what you do outside of the show, the decor of the building, the people there, all that's differentiated by the location, as, as well as uh, there's a different demographics at each show. But So those are the things that help with the innovation, just, just listening to them, collecting the data, uh, even with the classes. One of the things that helped improve that is uh, I started a, a system where um, they were surveyed after each class. Uh, how did, well did you enjoy this class? Uh, would you have taken it again? Uh, so, and we began to choose instructors and classes based on that information, and that began to improve it. Uh, maybe started with paper, then went to the cell phone, where it's just a simple link yeah. where they can just do it right <laughs> there at the end. So, um, just began to um, use my skill set and automate a lot of things. Yeah. So, so those are those are kind of how we evolved it and uh, and where we're going from there. And the third generation. Um, they're finishing up school now, and they'll 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 add another level of Definitely. innovation because oh, just yeah. just being yeah. uh, it, there's a difference. I'm 48 now. There's a difference in, in just 48 year old thinking and 23 year old thinking. Definitely. So, uh, one of my sons, he's he's working on an NFT collection for us, oh, and, nice. and I and I to be honest, <laughs> I would not have done that at this stage. I mean, where I am, and like, so so they'll do things that 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 we may not have. Another difference, I would say. 
we were all uh, males in our generation. The third generation out of that 30 is more females than male. So they may get us into makeup and all type of things that we may not uh, have been in. I mean, it might be in fashion, so I don't know where they will expand things. So that'll be coming within the next few years, and it'll be a whole new uh, wave of innovation mm-hmm. and, and, and youth. I, I think it. I think what he just said is it's going to be upcoming Bronner Brothers hair and beauty show, not just Bronner <laughs> Brothers hair show. That's, that's what right, it kind of sounds right. like. Yeah. It is. It's so funny. I can relate with this so much. Think about it, Zakir, because Zakir is employee number two at Private Label back in 2014, mm-hmm. right? So she's not day to day with us at all, but she does some help consulting. She, you know, I'm like Zakir, you got to be down at Bronner Brothers, Miami, okay. <laughs> end, of, end of August, right? So she does helps with all that kind of stuff, and of course this podcast. But she knows where we started from, mm-hmm. absolutely nothing. And when you talk about, you know, the feed, getting feedback, and that's kind of how we completely grew Private Label, was Definitely. 100% feedback from clients. Okay. We actually talked about it outside, about how I said we have the best hair staff, yes. like customer support staff down there, and they t- let us know what people are asking for. We have our Facebook group and everything else. But then, you know, beauty is just so big. That's why we got into cosmetics. So when yeah. you say cosmetics, I was like, yeah, cosmetics sounds about right. <laughs> right. It's yeah, like, yeah. I, I kind of feel like, you know, it's just the world's kind of aligned sometimes with great people. So it's yeah. just exciting to see where Bronner Brothers is going, how it's continuing to grow. And, you know, it's, it's important that you guys aren't just like, Hey, we're the biggest and best for this portion of the industry. You're like, Hey, we're the biggest and the best. Well, you're not even saying that we are, but you know, you're like, we need to, you understand you need to continue to innovate yes, and continue to get feedback because things change, people change. It is a much younger generation coming up now that are going to be looking for different things, different education, different products and everything else. So, and the way things are done. So it's, I think it's so important if you're listening to this, think about within your business, how you can continue to innovate, grow, get feedback because you can see it works. (laughs) Yeah, I think one of the greatest things that you just said was it didn't matter what you wanted. It was about what the people wanted. And I think when starting businesses or when having a business, it's so important to not put stuff out because you like it. Because at the end of the day, you need consumers. You won't be the one consuming (laughs) everything and generating the revenue. So I think that's so good. Um, One of the things that I wanted to ask you, we know that the hair industry is a female dominated industry. Mm -hmm. So as the second generation was a lot of men um, kind of spearheading everything. Did you guys receive any backlash from being men coming into the industry um, with it being a female dominated industry? I would say no, because most of our staff is female. Okay. All of my show team is female. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I would say there's still the driving force behind um, my wife is the competition director. So uh, like I said, my, my daughter is working with this, doing the social media. So, uh, and I think they'll see more of that female presence in the next generation. But yeah. um, because we're working with majority females and getting their input and they're driving it, uh, it hasn't been really a, a conflict there. No. Yeah. I think, um, I know Mike and I, we talk about this a lot. Like sometimes he'll get backlash from being this man in the industry and thinking that, you know, he could tell females what to do with their hair or the types of hair to wear stuff like that so I think it's always good for people to understand that 
men in the industry does not mean that they don't know. Because like you said in the beginning, you um, or he went to school to actually know, get the knowledge about right. the product, about the systems, about how the hair industry works. Um, so I love that. You guys didn't receive any. And actually, I do refer those specific hair questions to my wife. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's a licensed cosmetologist, See, too. Yep, so, okay. so I've got a home, home influencer yeah. there and a home advisor. Yeah. I, and, I, and I get it. I'm, I'm the same way. It's mm-hmm. because it's so important. And you understand this, and I understand this. You have to align yourself with the right people. Yes. So yes. at home, you have Stephanie. Here, yes. next door, Dallas Christopher. Yeah. You know, right. National yeah. educator, Paul Mitchell. I mean, mm-hmm. I think That's he's right. one of the greatest hairstylists in the world. I so agree. literally, I yell... Hey Dallas, what do you think about that? Da, da, da? And he's That's like, right. "Hold on, I'm coming over." You know, and he come up, yes. and we discuss it. You know, but it's and it, it is true. It can be tough sometimes being a male in the industry, but I think I think you know once you really put your all in learning the products and mm-hmm. understanding the customer and just saying, "Hey, look, here are the options." I'm not telling you what to you do or this, that, the other, but at least provide different options and get right. feedback is a huge way to grow your business. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, let's kind of dive into the holistic piece of the show. I know we kind of talked about previously, but um, explaining how a hairstylist or someone in the beauty industry can come to the Browner Brothers Hair Show and literally get things from all different points of view to be able to take back to their business. I know sometimes, um, and we hear a lot, a lot of the hairstylists that we supply, um, they may not be well in finances. So they don't know how, they make a lot of money, but they don't know how to um, save the money, invest the money. Some may not have bank accounts. They always operate um, with cash. So what is the holistic view that you guys looked at when creating the Browner Brothers Hair Show? And I won't take credit for that. I will say my father was very holistic. So he was, and that was one of the things that made him a pioneer and pillar of the community. So he, he did things outside of the show that were community based. So I remember uh, being a boy, he, he held big uh, health uh, seminars for the community. He held financial things. Um, he, he built uh, credit unions and things like that outside of the show. So when he got ready to, to do the shows, he was very holistic-minded. You know, he was very health-oriented. He, he recognized, you know, just money is not going to make you happy. So he, he wanted to, them to have really complete and fulfilled lives. Even with his employees, we had a, a Tuesday morning meeting where they would get all of this type of information on a weekly basis from health to finance to motivation to just relationship stuff. So, so I kind of have a policy just continuing my father's legacy and value system that um, each show needs to have core elements of things that are outside of really beauty that focuses on you as a whole person. So one of those is, is, is finance and credit. So we don't get education on that nearly as much as we need. Mm-hmm. We've seen too many six-figure stylists end up, you know, at retirement age without any nest egg. Yeah. And, and um, anything medical could happen that just take you out of the peak of your career, and they're not prepared financially. So we want to always make sure we have a panel on finance and credit so they can learn, you know, how to budget and save and then how to properly invest that. And then we want to make sure we always have uh, something on health because you know, I mean, health is wealth, and you only have one body, and if, if you lose your health, you can't work and, and make that money. So, so health is very important. So uh, for most of the years, we actually had a civil rights leader and comedian Dick Gregory coming and doing the health class. So actually, when he passed, 
uh, he was headed to the Brunner Brothers show. Wow. And they were rolling him out in the stretch. And he's like, I hate to miss Brunner Brothers. And, they, and, and, and it was so recent to the show, people were sitting in his class waiting on him to come teach. Oh, so wow. it was like the day before, and they haven't even gotten the news. So that was where he was headed. Uh, he, he loved my father and was a friend to, for multiple generations. Uh, we loved him. So he, he really taught that health portion, but we still continue uh, to teach health, and we'll do things on relationships and even uh, even your spirit because, you know, that, that inside is, is just as important, if not more important. So we have church service uh, every Sunday at the shows, and we have a prayer booth on the exhibit floor because in the midst of all of the commotion, you, people are dealing with depression and all the loneliness Anxiety, from COVID. Yep. And, uh, so, so we have a team that will just, you can come in out of the, into the quiet and they'll pray with you. So, so, so it's very holistic and we're always looking for ways and, and whatever the needs of the people are, even outside of just the beauty portion. We want to be a, a, a place where they can go back uh, better than they came. Yeah, I, th I think it's so important, too, when he says, and, and I know a lot of you guys that are listening to this are going to be at the show, and it's so important. Go to the financial portion. Go to the education and everything else. And it's so important because you've seen it, and I know I've seen it. The reason a lot of the hairstylists are not successful, it's not because they can't lay a lace, okay? Yeah. It's they can't manage their finances, Correct. right? So someone might blow up in the industry and start making all this money, and it doesn't even matter how much money they make because at the end of the day, it all goes back to zero, yeah. right? So it's how much you can save sometimes, right. not always how much you can make, yes. right? It's gonna And that's going to give you peace of mind and everything else. I actually had a stylist reach out to me uh, someone I kind of mentor, and she said, Mikey, she, it was, uh, she calls it w, WWMD. WWMD, what would Mikey do? <laughs> right? That's a she's good. like, I got a WWMD. And I was like, okay, what's going on? <laughs> and she's like, I saved up, like, I think it was like five grand. Okay. And she's like, what do I need to buy? What do I need to spend it on to grow my business? And da 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 da. And I said, you know what? You're doing great right now. You've, you've come to the classes. We've been going to lunch. I'm kind of giving you what, where you're going. You're on the right path. Do nothing with that money. Just sit it in the bank. <laughs> Enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. Because like the last time you had five grand in the bank might have been, I don't know when. Right. Right. Just let it sit there and do nothing with it. Yeah. Right. Because if you make a quick, oh, I'm going to invest in this or da, 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 da. It's not going to help. Right. Just letting it sit there. Yeah. And I think... I think people need to understand it doesn't matter how good of a hairstylist you are. And if you want to be successful in business, if you don't know at a lower level, right. And this goes for anything at, yes. at a small level of how to manage your finances, how to right. manage your business to have, you have a business, you have an accountant, right. And right. understand some of that. And that's why, you know, we were talking about at Bronner brothers, they're going to have, you guys have a CPA coming up with a list of all the things you can write out and how to manage it. And if you don't have an accountant or no, you guys right. have someone that you can connect them to. Yes. This is so important guys. Really? Yes. Use that free resource, at least the sheet. So you have a higher level understanding. Use that free resource. When you're going to Bronner brothers, yes. please book early, please. <laughs> those flights are going to get expensive. The hotels are going to get expensive. A lot of people are going there. Miami's got a lot of hotels, but yeah. the, it's going to get booked. Miami's, <laughs> Miami's already busy, guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. So let's, let's plan ahead. 
get the tickets to Bronner Brothers, let's get the tickets to the flight, get the tickets to the hotel, get everything set up, booked early, and just and really look at, you know, this is a professional event, all yes. the different things you can write off. It's so important, guys. So important. Really, please, that's the shift you have to make today to be successful in, in this industry. Yeah, and I think that's a universal tip. Like, even if you're not in the hair industry, if you're just starting a business, it's so important to um, consult with a CPA or an attorney to make sure that you have your correct business license set up, to make sure that you're writing off the things that you can write off. There's so much that you can write off in business that people don't even know about. So when he mentioned having a CPA that is literally going to show you how to come here for free, um, that's like an amazing thing because people don't know. They, they don't right, know. Right. <laughs> so we're putting that together now as well as that consulting resource, and that'll be on the homepage, so at BronnerBrothers.com. And, and, and like you said, it's, this is the best time to get hotels and flights because the, the least expensive hotels are the ones that actually go first. Mm. So right. you're going to yeah. be left with the most expensive <laughs> right. if you wait. So that's That $1,000 a night <laughs> at the Ritz-Carlton might hit a little different, guys. It might hurt that credit card a little bit. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's Definitely. right. So I was thinking about it is because we talk all the time about positive stuff. And here on Hair Biz Radio, we also like to talk about some of the struggles and problems that have happened. Right. And, you know, obviously a lot of us went through a lot of things over the last few years with COVID and we, you know, a lot of people either lost people or friends, family members. Let's get into, you know, the show in New Orleans that everyone was hyped up about. Mm -hmm. I know we were pushing it hard, everything else. And it, and it's just one of those things that was not in any of our control. And whether you believe in that, you know, everyone has their own beliefs on this situation is fine. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I personally think you guys made the right decision. I know there were some people upset initially, right? Right. (laughs) Until the big hurricane came. (laughs) And when I said they they, look, somebody over Browner knows the future. Okay. (laughs) They, they were praying to the gods and they just said, you know what? We're going to make sure that they, that they know this was the right decision. You know, the hurricane came, but before that, because no one knew the hurricane was coming. I mean, that had to have been such a tough decision. Yeah, and I, I probably did gain a few more gray hairs during that season. So it, it was very, very tough. I mean, everybody was looking forward to it. Sales were up. So, I mean, it's, everybody was excited from the exhibitors to the attendees. And, 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 and there were a lot of factors at play. Um, so, yeah, you, you had, we had to worry about people's health. And it's, again, we're in an industry where you can't maintain six feet. You, you're working right. physically on people. Uh, so we had, to, and, and the African-American community, they also were experiencing worse consequences from COVID. So you're more likely to be hospitalized. Um, so it's, it's, it was a very difficult decision. But uh, like you said, nobody knew about the hurricane. But I would say one person knew, one, one being knew, I would say. <laughs> For sure. Okay. And, and Fair enough. So I, I consulted, uh, you know, our board and, and other people, and, and that's one good thing uh, with any major decision. I always get wise counsel um, because pressure and, and fear and, and all of these things can cloud your judgment, emotions. So if you get wise counsel from people who have a good track record of wisdom and, and experience, and then you need to pray about it. So I got wise counsel. I looked at the contracts and, and all of the, the, the money and cash flow. 
And then I prayed about it. And to be honest, I didn't get a peace in my spirit when I prayed about it. So I didn't know a hurricane was coming and we had mixed opinions even within the company on what to do. And uh, from my prayer, I was led basically to, to, to counsel that and, and to treat people right with the refunds. And I did so. And that hurricane hit. And I knew that spiritual divine intervention was, was accurate. And, and I will say that's one, another key that has helped us last for 76 years. So we've had a, a family value of God first, family second, and, and business third. And, and, and that is, and we've seen divine intervention in multiple circumstances uh, keep us afloat when we just naturally uh, things would have destroyed us. So that's, that's one of the other, I say, pillars of, of our family uh, legacy. I love that. I love it so much. And the fact that I know you said you probably have more gray hairs now <laughs> from making that decision. Um, but the fact that hard things do come up in business. Yes. Like there, there are hard decisions that you have to make, even though the show has happened for the last 76 years. Mm. And I'm not sure how many canceled shows you guys have had, but people were, had already had flights. People already booked hotels and being on your side of the fence, um, consumers not understanding what goes on in, in a business owner's mind right. and the types of decisions that had to be made. But I love the way that you handled that situation. And, and to be honest, if we were just primarily concerned about the money, we would have still had oh, the show. Sure. So that was a loss. So we sure. had record sales. On sure. so, yeah. so you have to have your heart right on mm, that because mm. if it was about the money, yeah, it, it, it would have been a disaster. I mean, it really would have. And then the power was out there. So we would have oh. had all of these people there that couldn't get out couldn't get flights couldn't your hotels would have been without power so so i'm glad it wasn't about the money but Definitely. it was about the people first yeah. and, and and it really worked out for the best and that was our first time ever counseling in 75 years so wow. that was i hated to really break the pattern but i mean that's a lesson of business things mm -hmm. will happen that have mm -hmm. never happened before so i mean my father when he was running this show he I mean, he had a, a sibling to pass uh, right before the show. Mm. And when he was preparing and, and to leave that funeral, another sibling passed. Wow. So he had to go from one funeral to another funeral and still carry on the show. So he, he, the show had to go on because people that consume, they don't, they don't really know what's all going on in your personal right. world. All they know is I paid for my ticket and I, <laughs> and I expect my service. So he had to really just, it, it showed what he was made out of. Mm -hmm. He had to hide the hurt from that and, and deal with the grieve after the show. But he still put on that show and, and people didn't know. So, I mean, my brother passed that was over the show. We still had to go on with the show. Oh, I mean, yeah. in tears in between, but we had to produce the show. So this was the first time that we counseled. But again, it was the right decision. Looking back, you just didn't know looking forward. But uh, we trusted that divine direction and, and it definitely led us right yeah i think it was one of these things where honestly it didn't matter what decision you made there was going to be two sides oh, exactly you know the side yeah, that's definitely. like you know what they did the right thing you know the side, side i was on and once the hurricane hit i was like, well yeah when you know and the <laughs> other side is like well you know i'm losing money on flights this and honestly like we lost money on some flights yeah. in some of the hotels that were non-refundable right but i'm just like that's just we part of business. We would have been stuck in New Orleans. We would have been. And actually, I know. Trust me. And I was thinking about it 
New Orleans is like so old. It has this old yeah. parking. So remember, I just bought our van. And one of the reasons <laughs> why I bought the van was for the, I was like, oh, we can use it for the Bronner Brothers shows and all this stuff. That boy probably would have been flooded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. would have been in the streets flooded. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm not worried about a couple of flights and hotel rooms. Like this is, that would have been a disaster. It oh been. yeah. Yes. And I think the right decision was made and you guys thought about the people first yeah. before anything. And I love my dad always tells me, lead with the heart and the people will come and the the money and the people will come. Um, So I love that. Definitely. Yeah. We had to, you know, actually here we just started, we talked about doing the kind of like how we have students from Paul Mitchell coming and we're doing the stuff with Dallas and it's worked out amazing. This program, we just started doing photo shoots. It's been over two years because we've been so concerned about, you know, what could happen, bringing outside people into our building and everything else. And just, you just never know. So, you know, we took two years off of doing, I mean, being in the beauty industry and not doing a photo shoot for two years or a video shoot, like my, the marketing team's like, Hey Mikey, we got a lot of these photos. We've been reusing these and like, these are the same girls over and over. And I was like, I was like, yeah, we're still doing okay. And you know what? Honestly, we're just not going to risk it right now. And that's just our opinion. And that's how we run the business. Right. And that's not saying right or wrong. If you did photo shoots during COVID and everything, when it was crazy, that's, that's your opinion, but you have to really stick with your guns of like, this is my decision. This is why. And, no, not it's never going to be something where everyone agrees. Right, that's right, that's right. You know, it's just it's just one of those things you just kind of deal with. Definitely, it's just, just we call that business. That's right. Life is not fair. Like once it's too many people I hear, oh, life's not fair. Da da da. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> right, like life is not fair. It's not going to be fair. But once you accept that, that things are going to go wrong, it's an acceptance with a lot of things. I think in life, it does make life a little bit easier. Definitely, I agree. You know, because as as business grows, like you think that, you know, you're this one man show and you have all these business problems. You think as you get bigger with more staff and everything else, you're going to get easy. Right. I mean, when you guys do your show, how many staff members do you have at that time, like for running the show? Because how does it work? Do you I know you have your core group. Right. And then you get kind of like um, part time people or people just for the event, because I see people all over the place are working. Yeah, so we and we had to slim down our core group because of the missed shows. So our, sure. our core group is 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 actually uh, three full time people plus myself, and then we have some um, part time like my wife that does the um, the competitions, and then as we get closer to the show, we'll bring in extra customer service help, and then at the show, uh, we'll. A lot of times even use beauty school students to help there us you go. Uh, be monitors on the classrooms and work registration, uh, other family members, other employees. So so we'll, it's a combination. Yep. But definitely a lot of uh, temporary help during the show. Okay. And so the beauty school um, helpers, they get credits for? Yes, they school? get they okay. get credits and depending on the position, they also get money for it. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, so depending on it, yeah, position. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I think honestly, I don't know what you guys did, but I remember the first Bronner Brothers show we did. I think it was twenty. It might have been fourteen or fourteen or fifteen. No, hmm. what, a long time ago. The first one. I still have the photos of it. I think it was. I think it was. Oh, the, it was I fifteen. Think it was, I think it was twenty fifteen. Maybe the the January or was it February? January February show of twenty fifteen was the first one. Oh, okay. I noticed something like the lines were like impossible to get in, mm-hmm. and then even though it seemed like even more people, and I think when we were there in twenty nineteen, but it got better. Yeah. 
So that I was happy about because mm-hmm. getting in that thing, there's a lot of people to get through those doors. Yeah, it's a that's lot a lot people. to manage. Yeah, yeah. Is there is there anything that you guys are working on or trying to find a system to even further improve that, or is that going to be the old third generation? When I say the old third generation, I'm looking at the third generation right now, uh, Mr. Biceps. They call him. I told him leave your jacket on. Okay, I, this guy's got the best biceps in Atlanta. So, ladies, just. I'm just saying, okay. It's like, is that something like, you know, as a technology background, is there, is there ways to improve it? Yeah. So, so, and actually the, the improvement you saw, I actually was personally involved and responsible okay. for that. So we were using an outside company that, and we let them try multiple shows. They could, that was all they did and they couldn't do it. So we, we really thought through the process and, and mapped it out and we got it much better. So uh, from there, uh, the biggest improvement, we, we got it where you can do it from your phone. So when you get up, you don't have to do anything with registration. So that was, uh, I did use my technology background when I came into the show. So when I really took over the show, even students were having to fax in or email oh, their wow. ID. Oh so, so we built that whole system, actually. That's wow. a unique system uh-huh. where when you're registering, it just uploads it from your cell phone, mm. a picture, um, and your license and from all of that. That used to be in exhibitors when I took over. Uh, you having to mail in deposits. <laughs> you having to. So, so, so we got an exhibitor or portal. So another technological thing I did was even with uh, teaching classes. So all the instructors, um, now everything is done through a portal and it, it's just automated. So it, it reduces errors because we were having to, to take it from one system to another and mm-hmm. put it on the board and you would get mismatches. So now everything is succinct all the way through. So I would say that the further enhancement is getting more people to do things in advance before right. they get up there and to, to, to pre-register on their phones. So we're running stuff on the, the, the buses and, and just email and social media beforehand and say, hey, at least, at least if you even did it in an Uber on the way over, as long <laughs> as it's done before you actually get and it's still hard to get people to, I know. to do that. So that's I know. <laughs> so and then they get in line and like, I don't know, I'm waiting in line. Well, you didn't you didn't get the forty three emails, the SMS, the yeah. banners, the this, that, the I'm sorry. <laughs> Guys, yeah, yeah, read the communication, Browner Brothers send you please. They're making a lot of improvements here for your experience to be better. Let's get it together, guys. Oh yeah. So we believe in constant improvement. So we will definitely continue to to refine that process. Yes. Yeah, I love it. And yeah, so I, I love that um, the shows are expanding now to different cities. What was the thought process behind moving out of Atlanta? So so we'd been here for so long, and, and especially coming twice a year, uh, it, it just wasn't enough differentiation between the shows. And then there are just some exciting things uh, in other cities. Uh, sometimes people... I can't travel to Atlanta, huh? so so we really are looking at some other cities where the beauty schools can, you know, bring busloads of students mm. and experience what we have to offer. And and each city has a unique flavor, so we want to just continually to to add to the excitement and the change of the show. So just like New Orleans, so I mean they have the the Mardi Gras theme, so that's why we did a parade there. So each city we go into, we kind of incorporate the flavor of that city into the show. 
So Miami might have a, a, a beach party, some something that you can't do in Atlanta. Oh, they so, might have oh, a beach party. Oh, I might have a beach party. Yeah, so work on, work on your abs now. You know, okay. get on your diet, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, Wait so. a second, a beach party. Whose idea was that? <laughs> okay, the yeah, guy with the muscles. biceps, obviously. <laughs> oh, yeah, we have a beach third, third generation. Let's have a beach party. Yep. So, okay. so and as we mentioned earlier, so we're gonna we're gonna make it where. Each destination is exciting even as a vacation in and of itself. So we don't just want you to come to a convention. We want it to be exciting where after the show, you can go out and have a great time in this city. So we'll be putting that package on the website where it'll teach you how to write off all of that as a vacation. And then once you write that off on your taxes, the, the register, everything you spend at the show will be uh, basically covered by the tax write-off. So that's that's kind of the mindset behind it. We want you to because it's an experience. It's not just the show is not just education, not just products. It's not just competition. It's an experience that uh, I remember uh, we had the show uh, called The Prophet that's on uh, MSNBC to come and film of the show. And um, the host, he with said, Marcus Lemonis. Yes, with Marcus Lemonis. So yeah, he came, heck yeah, I know that show. So when I talked with him at the show. Marcus said uh, he traveled to hundreds of shows all over just with his business and his yeah. show. And he said out of all the shows he'd ever been to, it had the most energy at Brown I believe that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so it's an experience, and you feel the electricity when you come into place. So in each city has its own kind of spirit and flavor. So uh, I think it does help to add to the variety and the excitement. And people who miss New Orleans the first time, they're all telling me, I will not miss it when you all go back. <laughs> so I think they'll, I think the same thing will happen in Miami, that a lot of people will come, but then when people see the video and hear about the amazing time that Miami, they're going to say, I will not miss Miami next time. <laughs> right. So don't be that second group. Right. You need to come experience this first time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. The... Um Marcus, so he, I think he invested in a company that's in yes. the hair care. Ashtay, he sure it, did. That's it. Okay, yes. so I, I think I remember seeing that. That yes. I, I maybe that episode that, that all that happened. So it's yes. interesting that you say that because, you know, I think I like watching him and what he does. I, he's yes. he's recently done something. I don't know if he's doing it now, but he was going. Uh, so the service industry got just absolutely crushed during COVID, right? I mean, mm -hmm. these people are not either didn't have a job or people weren't treating them right or something. And he they would go and he would get some celebrity friends and stuff and they would tip them like a thousand dollars, five thousand wow. dollars. And I was just like, man, I don't have the budget for that yet, but I would love <laughs> to be able to do something like that because I grew up doing service industry for a long time. So it's always kind of special to me to be able to give back to my industry. Uh, obviously, now it's the beauty, but. I just thought that was neat. And I just think he's such a, I mean, you know, you never know what you see on TV and in reality, right. but I, I yeah. feel like it, it transcends into like reality of like, he is actually a really good businessman and he, he really is. is about helping businesses and, and stuff. So I, I've always appreciated him and what he's done in that show, the profit. So if you haven't seen the profit, make sure you check it out. It's a very, it's a very fun show. And even, yeah. even when he was at the show, just talking with them one-on-one, -on -one, he was able to analyze and see exact things needed to improve. Yeah, he, oh, he I'm was, sure. He was on top of it. Yeah. He, he really was. Even he, he was doing his book signing. He was like, no, let's change this up. Do it like that. Yeah, he, he's a very sharp guy. Yes, in person. Yes. So for anyone in the hair industry, um, if they are looking to get into the event space, any tips um, for people starting off with creating hair events? 
the first tip I would say is to start small and conserve your expenses. Some people, they get excited. They see what we do and say, yeah. hey, I can go. And they, they go get this expensive space and they just lose a lot of money. So I would say start small, like in a hotel space, uh, uh, their com um, event space that's, that's a good price. And, and then like my father with 300. So, and then you build up, you grow it up and outgrow one space at a time, control your expenses because you can't control your income as easy. You don't know how many people are going right. to show up. You, I mean, I've seen people say, yeah, I'm going to have 5,000 people at this first show and, and 200 people right. show up. So they, they <laughs> don't know. So, but what you can control are your expenses. So control the controllable first, which are your expenses. Uh, second tip, I would tell him to read Fearless Beauty. So he's, oh <laughs> my so he's got a great, God, great guy right there. <laughs> so so it, he, he, he's written a, a, a great book there. Um, and for any type of business person, I would say it's, it's a great model. So it's not just even, even though it, it targets the hair business, <laughs> the principles in it, I think, are great for any business. Uh, and, I, and I think it's it's very uh, realistic, uh, truthful, and transparent. So it, it, uh, social media, I think, does entrepreneurship uh, an injustice. They make it seem like it's the answer to all of your problems. It's going to be easy. Stop working this nine to five. Just go make this money off it. It is it is gruesome. I mean, I mean, you, most businesses you don't start being able to pay yourself to years. So it, they don't they don't hear that side. They don't. Uh -huh. Here, you know, four out of five of them don't make it. So it's, 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 yeah, it's tough. And you really need to, to have that grit and, and, and be able to persevere through all of the no's and all of the ups and downs and the stress levels. So people look at entrepreneurship as, as an easier pass. And I, I don't want to work for anybody. So now I can be my own boss and just work when I want to work. They find out they're working more than they did at the nine. They're yes. worrying about oh, stuff after the five. Yeah. So, so I think it's a great book. He manages expectations well. He makes sure they're clear on the why and, and setting goals and just writing everything down. Then he gives you the blueprint, you know, of exactly how to do it. So I like yep. the practicality and I like that it's not just a feel good. He tells you both sides. You know, and, and he had to build from nothing. So he it gives people hope that, you know, they don't have much to start with that Mikey did it right. with this with this smaller business and Curry and they, and they saw how he did it and they feel like they can do it too. And he all of the mistakes he made, uh, they can then read his book and avoid many of those. Now you're still gonna make mistakes. Right. You can read a hundred <laughs> books, you're still gonna make mistakes. But the 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 better guide that you use from somebody who's done it, uh the the I would say the more you can avoid, but it's still not going to be easy. But he and, he, and then with marketing and branding. So he, he just gives them great things. It'll, it'll yeah. take them years to learn on their own. So it's, it's a great read. Uh, it's not overly complex for them. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's where they can read it and get going. And, and really, I think it's very honest, much more than, than what they're exposed to. Definitely. Yeah. And I think entrepreneurship is one of those things. Like I didn't, my family, I don't have any entrepreneurs in my family. Not that I've none, like nobody. Right. Mm -hmm. So everyone's just that nine to five job or everything else. And then, so I never had that guidance. So you right. had the family that, I mean, and it's just so amazing to have family that would say, okay, here's the business. And mm -hmm. they start you off the right way. You were actually doing a lot of hard work right. that people think that it was just some, here's the golden key. Right. It was not like that at all. And I think that's why the business continued to be great. But if you don't have a family member or somebody 
um, close to you that's an entrepreneur that you can get real information or their experience, you know, definitely start reading more books, listen right. to podcasts. Yeah. I mean, think about it now than, you know, 20 years ago. There were no podcasts, no. all this information. I love listening to podcasts and I always recommend it on here or in our Facebook group and just online. It, and it's so important because you hear people like myself, people like yourself and mm -hmm. other people that have been through it all and they give you tips and tricks that you right. can implement in your business no matter what it is. And you can, you know, you can't skip any chapters in business, right. but maybe you can speed through some of them <laughs> a little bit faster with a little less mistakes and everything else. And it helps a lot. So, I mean, I think we, everything, if you listen to this, if you really listen to this podcast, a lot of it is really in, in today's episode is it's so much based on education for success, mm -hmm. right? The reason why private label, we're about to open store number seven, but the reason why it's not 70, I'm mm -hmm. not smart enough. I haven't figured it out. Is it was it possible to have, be at seventy stores today? Yeah, it's possible, right? But it's because I'm not the entrepreneur that I need to be to get to that seventy yet. Okay, that's something I'm still working on. Okay, right. So if you're just not where you want to be, just I think it's so important to kind of take a step back. And I think that's great that you know you're bringing your son with you so he can see this kind of stuff, the real business yeah. side, yes. and really get in and say, "Wow, Dad, you like work." all the time. You're everywhere. You got to talk <laughs> yeah. to all these people. You got to right. do this, this, this. I right. thought it was going to be easier. No, it's not that easy. That's right. You know, because in, you know, getting into the jobs portion of like job versus entrepreneur, people thought like, everyone wants to be an entrepreneur today. Right, exactly. And I'm like, I'm like, sometimes like, honestly, you're not <laughs> yes. that great at your job. That's that right. is one <laughs> of a hundred portions of a business. Exactly. And all of a sudden you're going to be this amazing entrepreneur. Right. Like I'm just being like, truthfully just being honest with you <laughs> yeah. That's right. like i'm sure you see this too yes, just with yes. people they probably reach out to you and ask you the questions and you know i try to answer everything but it's just it's just not that easy and i'm not saying that to, to tell people they shouldn't be an entrepreneur right just be ready prepare yourself yes. but like going to the show and like yeah it's cool to walk around and see all the vendors and all that but if you're going to go all the way to, way to miami Get in those classes, yeah, please. Yes. Those educational classes, they spend a lot of time getting the right people. They know the, what you need, right? Erica is like, her thumb is on the yes. industry, right? Yes. She knows what you guys need as far as education. Right. And you guys are working hard to get those people there. Yes. You are doing yourself a serious disservice mm -hmm. if you're not putting your butt in the room, in the chair, taking notes, and implementing what you learn. That's, That's the right. biggest thing. Let me, let me give two other tips I would give on entrepreneurship because a lot of people are trying to get into that space. So, so another tip I would give is uh, become uh, CEO of your own life first. So you're the first person you need to manage. So that means when you have a business, you know, you have to manage the finances. So you need to run your life like that business. How are you doing with your budget for your regular life expenses, um, um, HR, how you managing your own emotions yeah. and your relations <laughs> to other people. Uh, so all of those uh, marketing, how, you, how is your resume look, your, your, your LinkedIn. So do all of the components of a business. Look at your life as a business first and, and get become a great CEO of your life. I love and, that. And just manage. So That's that would great. be the first thing. And if you're not managing, if you can't manage that one person, don't try to manage 10. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> so that would be the first. The second thing I would give is before you just jump out there, I mean, everything is going to have a risk with entrepreneurship. But to, to, to minimize that risk uh, with my kids, you know, we don't just push all of them in entrepreneurship. Um, 
So and we have side businesses outside of Brunner Brothers. So, but the way we did it, even with our experience, we did not quit our job. What we did was to try the thing on the side and see if we get traction. So that's what I would advise you. You work that nine to five. Mm-hmm. And then from five to nine, you, you, you do all of the things in Mikey's book and, and you see if you get traction, see if you made, you have <laughs> the entrepreneurial DNA. So people a lot of times don't know until you do it. I mean, you, you, you don't know until you get in that situation. Do you really have what it takes? So some is it's different hearing it versus get under the, getting under the stress of it and saying, do you really want to do this? So, so I, that's what I would advise. And then and make sure you got traction before you leave that stable income, because I've seen it tear up marriages and families mm-hmm. because one person can see the vision and the other partner say, Hey, we're struggling to, to pay the bills. Yeah. The electricity is getting cut off and you got this vision about this billion dollars. So, but if you do it that way, I think you can balance it better. And once you, you, you see that traction, the risk becomes less, even though it's still a risk. But then, you know, people want to buy your product. You have a better idea of what entrepreneurship takes. And then you, and, and you're, you're, you're building traction where you can replace that income. So, but otherwise it's going to be a real struggle. You're going to be sleeping on somebody's sofa. Oh, it's, yeah. it's harder to do that way. So it might be faster to launch up, but it's more risk. And, and cause you might be your third business before it's the one that makes it. So, but if you keep your stable income, then try these on the side, you can get to that third living, paying your core expenses without all of the stress and tearing down your family and your health. So those are, those would be two just basic pieces that I would start with, with people. Two I, great. And <laughs> I love, I love today. There's been a lot of focus on health. I don't think mm-hmm. we actually talk about it as much, or even a lot of right. the guests don't have that understanding of how important health is. And it's just a game changer for entrepreneurship. If you're not your best self and that, and health is a huge part. So it's both physically and mentally, mm-hmm. right? It's so hard to, to be successful in any business. Oh, it's yes, extremely yes. hard. So you need the energy, first of all, to be able to work right. out those longer. And my father had, he, basically what he told us with health, he said, son, you only have one body. He said, he said that people spend all of their health trying to get money and then they get sick and have to spend all of their money trying to get their health back. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. so he realized the value of that. I mean, if you got millions and land up in the hospital, what, what really what, good is it? What good are the millions? <laughs> yeah. I would rather be living check to check with my full right. health than have a million dollars up in the best, finest hospital bed. Wow. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, the one tip I always give people, because oh, maybe you're in a place you can't afford a gym or this, that, the other. Guess what? You can look on YouTube. You can, at your home, do push-ups. You yes. can do squats. You can walk. I mean, they say yes. if you walk just 10,000 steps a day, just an hour, or even just do an hour. Yep. Like for me, you'll see me on the Atlanta Belt line mm-hmm. pretty all the time, <laughs> yep. and I'm walking and listening to a podcast. Yes. So I'm killing two birds, That's one right. stone. I'm walking, getting my steps in. Yep. I always feel better because I especially in business, I don't know about you, but if I'm tired or I'm burnt out, the comp, like the, the day-to-day easy stuff is right, easy, right. but the complicated, real technical things, which is what I love to do, right. I'm just like, I can't do it today. Exactly. Like, it's not going to happen. Yep. It's not, you're not going right. to get it done, right? Nope. That's right. And you have to have the energy to get this done. Yes. And you can only drink so many Red Bull <laughs> and drink right. so much coffee. I love coffee, but you can only drink so much. That's right. It's only going to take you so far. Yes. Right. It's really inside. And, you know, and, 
And then the physical side will help your mental because, yes. you know, mm-hmm. different people struggle with yeah. mental issues. Yes. You know, I don't myself, but I have people very close to me that do. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole nother dynamic going through that Definitely. kind of stuff. Definitely. I mean, I'm very fortunate not to have those types of issues. You know, health has always been somewhat of a struggle with me with a certain, you know, certain things with like skin and everything else. Um, but it's one of those things where you just focus. You can only do, you can do what you can do. Right. Right. But continue to focus on, on health is just, it's, it's, it's not said enough, I think, in entrepreneurship. So I'm, right. I'm glad you kept, you know, touching that today. Definitely. Um, so the next place Bronner Brothers will be is Miami. Miami. Last weekend. Last weekend in August. Yes. Yeah. Make sure you guys go online, get your tickets, book your hotels, book your flights. <laughs> Um, it's going to be a time to remember. So I know you mentioned there might be, maybe, we don't know, a beach party. But is there anything else happening in Miami that is so different from Atlanta that people can look forward to? So we have the first hair battle in Miami. So that's going nice. to be exciting. Yeah, yes, their, their yes. first time for Florida experiencing that. And we do have a new competition Um Erica told you all about one that's not happening. So we did a poll, and the one that won out on the new competition is actually Creative Naturals Hair. Ooh, so they're going to yeah, okay. so okay. they're gonna do some creative things with natural hair that people haven't seen. That's so that's going to be the new one. That, again, that's from, from, from uh, our users' feedback. So that's, right. we did a poll, social media, and that's the one that, that won, and we listened, and, and that's going to be the new competition. So, I love it. So we'll have some other new things, but those are the ones I can let you, you in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so we got the inside scoop here. <laughs> Um, for a person who is coming to the show, maybe it's their first time attending a Bronner Brothers hair show, um, what are the things that they should prepare for or um, do they need to bring in order to have the best experience? So I say, first of all, book everything early to get your mm-hmm. best prices. <laughs> Second of all, uh, keep all of your receipts. Uh, take pictures on your phone of everything from food to transportation to, to everything so to so you can use the tools that we'll provide to, to write that off um, third I would say comfortable shoes yes. so it's, it's, oh, it's yeah. a, lot a lot of walking, walking standing uh, the floors may be hard some places so comfortable shoes just be comfortable um, and then I would say uh, take advantage of, of the resources there from from business classes uh, to social media and and, and networking so mm-hmm. people they meet people there that they aren't able to meet anywhere else. So it's where the industry comes together. So networking is one of the things that can really, you know, make your, your career. So that's the place that you can in person, you know, meet somebody that they might not respond to a DM, but Mm -hmm. you could catch them in person. (laughs) And, uh, and that's why I do like to, to, to bring in, uh, sometimes people, they, people they hear about, but don't, have a chance so like when we brought in Neil Farina who was Beyonce stylist he was able to tell them you know what it's like to work yeah. traveling around the world and how he started and they just they, they see the 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 forefront of the images but they don't see the person that created this and yeah. we brought in Michelle Obama stylist and Oprah stylist so they can really touch and feel them here how did you get to this celebrity point how are you working on these movie sets so so be able to connect with people like that and 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 manufacturers to be able to become platform artists. This is where they see your work and the competitions, connect with them, let them know who you are. So, mm-hmm. and, and just get ready to also, I would say the excitement of it is, is different. When we, we did some focus groups to ask people as well when I, when I first took over the show on why you come to the show. And we thought it was going to be education or the product deals. 
the number one thing they said was inspiration. They said, wow. I felt something when I came there as a beauty school student or something that, that just, it, it just took me to another level of, of what I believed I could do, just seeing this person or that person. Even Kim Kimball said that. She came as a young student, and, and when she came to that show, it changed the trajectory wow. of her career. So I would say prepare to be inspired. So bring your expectations and don't be shy. Just, you know, come up to people and ask them how they did it, any recommendations. And, and I'm always walking around. They can take pictures with me. So it's, 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 an, it's a fun experience. It, it really is. Exciting. Well, we'll be there. We'll be there. Yeah, yeah. Dallas will be, Dallas will be there <laughs> in his bathing suit. <laughs> look, I might have to inflate some parts of that thing. But look, we're not going to get into that today. Okay. Um, yeah, we're, we're so excited to be there. You know, we're going to be talking about it nonstop until the day we're there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have a lot of plan for the event. I think we're sponsoring um, the weave competition. Okay. Uh, so we're going to be providing the hair for that. So we're excited yeah. about that. We're excited to have our business partner, Dallas, on stage. Tons there. Yes, and, yes, you yes. know, judging. I think we are working with a friend of ours uh, that I think a lot of people would be excited to see as becoming a kind of celebrity judge that, you know, We'll see if that comes through. <laughs> right. um, so that would be kind of cool. I, I just think so much is going to happen at this show yeah. uh, that I you would just be crazy not to be there. <laughs> Definitely. Right. Aren't you doing some live things with us too during the show? So we talked about doing a podcast yeah, there. Yeah. yeah, so we definitely want to record a okay. podcast. So okay. if you like listening to this, you know, it'll actually be our first live, live. podcast. Mm-hmm. So we're definitely ready for that because as you know, we prepare about zero for these because me and Sierra have just been doing this so long and we know yeah. each other so well. We just... It just kind of goes back and forth. It works out really well, so we'll do that. So, yeah, you know, we'll see as many things. Uh, oh, we did confirm that Angela Yee, our business partner, okay. is going to be there. Wonderful. So if you listen to Breakfast yeah. Club, yeah. Angela Yee is going to be there. One of our other uh, business partners, Anila from Married to Medicine, she's going to be in the booth. So awesome. we're going to have awesome. a pretty – got a big booth. We're going to be filling it with a lot of your favorite people that you can come, take photos with. Everyone's yeah. super down-to-earth. Oh, yeah. Approachable. Yeah. You know, so um, I will be – having some of the longest hair in the world uh some bundles there that's a, always a showstopper yeah. now don't be trying to bundle. always put your hands on my hair though <laughs> people always come running up to grabbing it and everything well, step back i might have to put it in a case this time they all they were attacking me so a couple women pinched my butt a little bit too i said hey what's going on here um free so, pinch with each bundle. yeah so we're gonna bring out i'm gonna bring out the riri i'm gonna bring out the winnie i'm gonna bring out some of the super long ones you know so we're gonna we're gonna it's gonna be a good show. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited I'm, about I'm it. Yeah, it's gonna yes. be awesome. awesome. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. I'm hyped. Before we depart, anything else that you like to share? Uh, maybe something that we didn't hit that you wanted to mention. I think we about covered everything. Okay. So just everybody, just go to brunnerbrothers.com and just book early and and look through the classes and uh, and the competitions. I I would say that's the other thing I would recommend. Um, to show your skills, get in a competition. Um, a lot of people, uh, they've been made from competition. So you don't really know how good you are sometimes if you're just there stuck in your chair. Yeah. But once you mm-hmm. compete against people from other locations, that's when you really can shine and, and see. And, and, and a lot of people, you make me from a small town with amazing skills, but nobody can see your skills outside. Right. So it is where people have been built on platforms. So, so use that platform uh, and and you you bring back the trophy and and we put you on the website and social media so 
you know, celebrities might call you just from you winning this competition. Companies mm -hmm. might call you saying, we want you to be a platform artist. Mm -hmm. So make sure that you, you compete and, and it makes you better because if you don't win, you say, next time I see, and the judges will give you pointers. So it'll help you improve your craft. So it's a stage and a platform designed for you. So, so be sure to, to use that. It would, would be my other advice. So compete and, and, it, and it makes you just go to another level mentally, mm -hmm. uh, just the ability to prepare for this and, and, and compete against your peers. So it's, it's an awesome thing. I uh, love it. I love it. Um, so come to Brown and Brothers show August. You will just have tons of opportunity, inspiration. You will meet people. Like he said, the networking is amazing. I've met so many people. I know Mikey has met a lot of people oh, yeah. being at Brown and Brothers Hair Show. And it's going to be a vibe. Just to confirm the dates, it's the 27, 2029. 20, is that yes, right? Yes, 27th through the 29th of August. It's easiest to remember the last weekend of August. Yep, that's, that's it. Yeah. Last weekend, <laughs> Saturday to Monday. Yep, yep, and we'll put in the show notes the dates, times, the uh, link so you can go over and get your tickets or exhibitor booth yep or yeah. exhibitor booth um, we'll put all that in the show notes to make sure you guys have it but we are looking forward to hanging out with some of our hair biz radio show oh yeah people over in miami <laughs> drinks on zakira one new thing for exhibitors so they're they're getting an all-inclusive package this time so your wi-fi your carpet your electricity will all come with the booth. So that's, oh, that's the first time. Yeah. So, so people that haven't exhibited before that don't figure some of these things out to too late. So it'll, it'll, all of that will be in the, the, the booth package for okay. you to make it real yeah. easy for you. I yeah. think the very first time we went, we didn't know about the Wi-Fi. And remember, yeah. we were trying to figure out <laughs> oh, the yeah. Wi-Fi. We had to go yeah. purchase the Wi-Fi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're trying yeah. to make You're everything right. easier. Yeah. Yeah. Even, oh, even your insurance, all that's included. Okay. So yeah, you won't have to go through separate processes for all of that. So those are examples of how we're improving, trying to streamline each experience. No, that's great. Because oh, yeah. I can tell you, doing these shows, like those kind of things for me are pretty easy because I like to plan ahead. Right, right. But... Just you saying that makes it a lot easier. And if you're kind of new, I mean, I've been doing shows for 15 years. So, yeah. you know, not just hair, but in food and everything else. Right. So it's just, this is how it goes. Like to do that, I've never heard of this done before. It's going to make the whole process a lot easier. Yes. So if you're thinking about becoming a vendor there, get your booth now. You can start promoting it. Start getting some of your tribe to come down there and support you. Now's the time, guys. I'm telling you, planning is everything. So, Yeah. Yes. Thank you, yes. Mr. Browner, for yes. joining Thank us. Thank you so today. much. It's been a joy yes. to have you. Been the knowledge and all the stories that you've shared have been amazing. So thank you so much. <laughs> thank you all for having me. Definitely. Yeah. So make sure you guys like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. Um, everywhere that podcasts are playing, make sure you subscribe. Send us some comments. Let us know what kind of topics or who you want to hear from next. And we will be sure to incorporate that. Later. Later. <laughs>